The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. edition of the panel discussion. I'm one of your three hosts, Greg Knowlton, as always, joined by my faithful sidekick, along with our butler. My faithful sidekick, of course, being Micah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The disrespect, uh, the disrespect is real. <laughs> quite the disrespect. Holy shit. <laughs> I, got, I got really demoted. I don't know how I feel about this. I can't wait I mean, to see when Will finally joins us, what, I, what, I, what my new uh, title is. But yeah, I, I would rather see Micah in that Robin outfit, like the tight, no legs, like you know, than I'd rather than seeing you. I'd rather see you in a nice suit. You take that as a compliment. Okay, I'll take <laughs> yeah. it. Micah does. I mean, when when Micah's clean shaven, he's, he has quite the baby face. So I guess it works. Yeah. I guess it works. But I'm also 36, so it's like this weird 17 year old <laughs> face with crow's feet. <laughs> It's very, very confusing. Plus, I don't have a, I, I have no jawline. Like, thank God for facial hair. Thank God, yeah. Because I've seen, like, personally seen you clean shaven before, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then you with a beard, yeah, I'm like, weird. oh, it's it's like a night and day difference. Like, I'm growing a quarantine beard right now, and yep. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shave it as soon as all this is done. Uh, and I can't wait to see the night and day difference. But when you, like you, you're a whole nother person when you got when you got some facial hair going on. It's like you see me in person. You're like, whoa, this guy is basically Chris Hemsworth. But then without the beard, it's just like, whoa, who the fuck let Macaulay Culkin into the party? <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, but of course, the world is going round and round still, all the quarantine stuff, and it's putting some big delays on a lot of things. We are set for a very strange year for the MCU. I'm a little upset, uh, of course, that a lot of things get pushed on. But this is one of the biggest news stories, I guess, of this of this past week. Uh, Black Widow has officially been postponed to November 6th, 2020 which was previously held by the Eternals. Uh, the Eternals has moved to February 12th, 2021, followed by Shang-Chi on May 7th, 2021, Doctor Strange 2 on November 5th, 2021, and uh, Thor Love and Thunder February 28th, 2022. So everything's been shifted. Uh, bless you, I think. Uh, oh, bless you. you. Uh, <laughs> so everything's been shifted. Trying, it's, it's trying, a- to get that, trying to get that away from the phone. <laughs> it's a little upsetting you know no it's uh it's it stinks it's a little upsetting of course but that's that's the reality of it um well i want to get your guys thoughts on it first michael let's start with you with the movie delays all right so uh first off i just want to read this to you Dean oh, Gray gently takes the wine glass from my hand and sets it on her steamer trunk coffee table in the days leading up to my first threesome, I've been both excited and terrified. But now that I'm just moments away, I feel something coming over me. Maybe it's the Prosecco. Maybe it's Wolverine. <laughs> Maybe it's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> that was from Cyclops' point of view. Cyclops' point of view. Yeah, of course. 
there's plenty more of my fan fiction erotica coming. Um, but cool. yeah, the one that I uh, like, I'm. It is what it is at this point, man. I mean, shit's gonna get yeah. pushed back. Shit's fucked, dude. Everything's fucked. I everything that I wanted to do in the springtime that was gonna get moved back to summer is now gonna get moved to fucking next year. Like, it's, yeah, this it it sucks, but it is what it is at this point. There's nothing we can do about it. It's out of our control. Uh, the one that I'm bummed out about the most out of all of this is Doctor Strange because I was looking forward to uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi is on that one, right? He yeah. is, man. I, that's that's probably when all those got announced. Was it last year? That was the one I was most excited about. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Especially when they're teasing the whole horror elements to this being like a an actual horror movie, which I don't think it's going to be a horror movie. I think that there's going to be some scenes that are terrifying, probably going through different dimensions. Um, you know, the, the all that shit that the Doctor Strangers do. You know, that's what they do, right? The Doctor Strangers, they just bounce yeah. through portals and shit. Like, they just Rick and Morty around a little bit. Um, <laughs> now, if Sam Raimi's doing this, is that... Now, you guys have seen Darkman, and of course, we remember the Spider-Man, uh, the, mm-hmm. two, the three Spider-Man movies that he did. Uh, going through portals and stuff like that, I'm looking forward to that shot of uh, the camera set right on Cumberbatch's face while he's flying through multiple dimensions, and there's just crazy shit going on behind him because you know that's going to be a scene um and more importantly you know since it's sam raimi bruce campbell the god himself the the king of kings uh he'll definitely make it a cameo in the movie and i'm willing to bet that he'll make a cameo in the movie as ash interesting i would be fine with that if you're bouncing through all these different dimensions and stuff like that, why wouldn't there be a scene where somehow Doctor Strange walks through the cabin and Ash is there and he has the Necronomicon and he makes a, a little quip at him and then bubba da boom, bubba da bing, next scene, you know? Yeah, and even if not, like, I would be fine if it's like a super, super hidden Easter egg where it's just Marvel Zombies world and you see Ash running through the back. Like, it could be Ash see? and Doom. Just It could be as simple as there that. There you go. There you go. I like yep. that. I like that. Yeah. It's, it better awesome. happen. It better happen. Uh, Greg, what are your thoughts on uh, the movie delays? Um, on one end, I think it's good. I'm glad they're keeping them to theaters. On the other end, I'm a little nervous for just what the summer's going to look like uh, as far as like theaters and TV shows and such, because there are no summer blockbusters coming out this year. And who knows if we're if we're even going to be out of our houses? It's looking like we could be, no. you know, quarantined no, until July. You're, Greg. You were just saying like, what's summer going to look like? Greg, look out your window right now, dude. There's yeah. your summer blockbuster. Yeah. yeah, like that's that's it. Yeah, which is great on one end, uh, and it, like I said, it's a little like I'm nervous for like the small theaters and and things like that that. Uh, and like the drive-in, like the transit drive-in is a huge thing here in um, Buffalo and they don't have, they won't have these big releases. Do I think they'll actually still be able to function? Yes. I think they're going to be able to release some like other, you know, throwback films and stuff and still be able to exist because you don't have to leave your car. They just might have to shut down some of their like concessions and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll be, yeah. they'll be probably damaged the least, but yeah, it makes me a little nervous, but I'm excited for, I'm just glad they're keeping a timeline and they're not 
just giving like Black Widow the small screen treatment. I feel like that would be a slap in the face to what a lot of people are already frustrated about that it took this long. Right, um, right. And you would lose out on any possible setup. It would make any like Easter eggs or setup to bigger films feel so small seeing it on your TV first. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, this is supposed to set up a theater. And I know they're going to do that with the shows, but in a movie format, it's a lot different than like an episodic format. That is true. I I think what Marvel needs to do, and if it's uh, if it's feasible, if it's possible, I think they really need to put some content on uh, Disney Plus yeah. right now. I think that's the biggest thing. I've actually been like thinking, I'm like, Ugh, Disney Plus hasn't been all that. Like it's been, it was cool when it first came out, but it kind of fizzled out. Uh, you know, of course, Mandalorian was really is- cool, but. That's what I was just going to say. When did it yeah. fizzle out, man? Well, that's that's your right. You right. episode of The Mandalorian. That's right. Uh, this is the perfect opportunity to start loading up Disney Plus with with, with shows. If they're yeah. filmed, push them. Uh, you know, MC, you don't want it, – it's not going to be forgotten, but you don't want it, it, the MC to be putting on a back burner for anything. You no. almost got to keep the promotional machine going. Unless they're waiting – unless they were waiting for Black Widow to come out for certain things to happen, if it's supposed to be yeah. like some kind of chain reaction type thing. Yeah, um, we might need Black Widow before we can watch Hawkeye, you know? Which is – which which that's scary too because, like I said, Disney Plus, it's uh, – it needs to be utilized, let me just yeah. say, and uh, it, 100%. And I think this is, the, this is the perfect chance. They just opened it up back in November, and, you know – it, it, it needs a little kick, and I think this is the perfect opportunity for that kick. I'm not saying really, you know, obviously Black Widow's got pushed back. There's, there's no change in that, no denying it, and I'm more than okay with it. But you have these Disney Plus shows that you've been hyping up. It's time to put them, you know, put them to action. If they're filmed, put them to use. Uh, it, it, I think it's 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 what's got to happen. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well – I know that the, the Mandalorian is filmed. They filmed everything for season two. Yeah. If that, if they could just get through production or post-production and everything, that should be, instead of September, give it to us in June. Yeah. June. That'd be great yeah. With that. June, July, August, sometime in that. That'd be huge. We're, we're going to be stuck in our houses. You know, if this thing's over with in November, we're not going to, you know, November when it's supposed to come out or, or whenever this comes out in fall, you know, and hopefully it's sooner than that. I'm, I'm, legit hoping i think it will be but uh nobody's gonna want to be cramped up in their house watching tv shows they've just done that for months on end uh yeah. do it now do it now while you still got a chance uh, that, that's that's pretty much what uh that's pretty much what i'm thinking but uh but yeah i think that's enough about that we've been harping on it over the last couple of weeks and now we got a, a better a little bit clearer picture of what we have to expect from the mcu yeah uh greg i know you had to talk about yeah um so there was two things the the first one smaller on the smaller scale so um marvel unlimited just for everyone that's you know kind of sitting around on on april 2nd they decided to release uh a list of free comics on their marvel unlimited site um now unlimited is a paid access site but these are actually not going to be you don't need to pay for anything for these these are completely free you don't need to pay for the subscription and they're full storylines they released x-men versus avengers civil war amazing spider-man red goblin uh black panther volume one the ta-nehisi coats which was set up a lot of the movie thanos wins x-men milestone dark's phoenix saga the kree scroll war 
um, Avengers The Final Host, Fantastic Four, the 2018 run, um, Black Widow, Shields Most Wanted, the 2016 run, Volume 1, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier Ultimate, and Captain Marvel, Volume 1. Um, so they released some really, really cool you know, issues and volumes for people to check out. Um, and then, so that's the small scale. I just think it's cool that Marvel's doing that um, for people to access, for people to read. And then the other thing um, that I think is the coolest is one of the people, things we were worried about was comic book stores, um, obviously, and selling digital com- uh, digital comics, or sorry, physical comics. But what is going to be happening now is they're talking about releasing digital codes to comic book stores for them to sell, for people to be able to download a comic digitally and read it at home, which is great. Um, if it stopped there, I wouldn't be crazy about it. But the the idea is that when these comic book shops open, people can then cash in these digital codes for the physical copy so they can the collectors can still get what they want. Um, I think that is huge. I think that is a huge way of showing support to these comic book shops. Uh, and I'm really hoping they pull the trigger on it. There's no definite date yet, but um, I really like that. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's a cool incentive. I f- Did we touch on this last week? No, we all? talked about it. We uh, talked about the group message. Okay. Yep. Uh, no, I think it's a great incentive. I, I, I really do. I mean, that's having, there's nothing, nothing beats having a physical comic book in your hand to, to collect, to pull up and read any, any time. Like digital thing. I don't want to see, I don't ever want to see comics go full digital. It's just, yeah. it's just not, it's just not the same. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's cool. Uh, it's it's it is a good incentive. It does help the comic book shops because we all know how niche those places are. And in most of those comic book shops, especially the ones around here, they're mom and pop, man. They're not big corporations like David and Adams who can ship out comics on doing online orders. A lot, a lot of them are just just small time. They're just people trying to get by, and they love what they're doing. And uh, and and I think that's very important for the future of uh, you know. Uh, comic book shops in general. I, that's one store I don't want to lose because it's so special and unique. Every time you walk in, they all have this like smell and it, it, it mm. you know, there's just cool props and this and that. Like, I, I don't want to lose that. I don't yeah. want to lose that. We don't have enough of those anymore. So uh, I love it. I don't want to be reading no goddamn robots. <laughs> I don't want to. No, this is how it, this is the technology, man. It's too much. That's a great incentive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's great. Next, one minute you're reading comic books on your fucking phone, the next they're enslaving your wife and your children, and you're you're off to, to shovel coal for their mechanical factories. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't like any of it. Elon Musk, the fucking smartest, he's basically a Professor X, said that the greatest threat to mankind is AI, and that's what these digital download comic books are. And I don't I don't stand for that shit it's unnatural <laughs> i agree <laughs> unnatural yeah i i like i i legitimately would not like if they were just like here's a digital code i'm glad they're keeping the the physical part of it because honestly like i'm just not a fan of looking at art on my computer like no it, it just not doesn't the same. have the same effect like it really i hate i keep telling people how, like one of the, the best drawn comic books in a long time, in my opinion, is the Liam Sharp Green Lantern. I've said it a handful of times now. Uh, and 
I can't send a picture of that to people because you just can't appreciate it. Like I literally will take that to someone I'm talking about and hand them the book and be like, you need to look at all the art in this because it's amazing. Uh, I, you can't, you just can't appreciate it the same through a screen. It's different. I, I don't know. I'd rather be able to flip a page. It's just like an e-reader. I could never get a Kindle because I'd rather actually read a book with my hands, with right. my eyes yep. in my hands. I agree. Hand eyes. Hand eyes. Uh, so that's that. We got any more news or is that kind of uh, that kind that's of it. the... That's it. All right. I guess we're moving on to our main subject. And as you all know, it is the month of April. And with a new month means new themes here at the panel discussion. And this month we are talking animals, animal comic book characters. There is a plethora of them. And I'm really excited to get into uh, some of the ones we have today. A lot of them are parody parody characters, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I know Greg's going to cover probably a couple of them throughout the month. I may touch up on one myself, but uh, there's been a lot of parody animal characters in comics. And I think that's, uh, it, it just fits. It just makes yeah. sense. It, it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense. If that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. I love Sweet. it. Sweet. Uh, so who do we got today? Who wants to start off today's uh, little escapade? Well, all right, I'll do it. I, well, normally I take the low road and I'm going to do something like goofy. Like, and I said last week I was going to do, I was going to get deep, deeper, deep into this and pick something really goofy and weird. But the more I thought about it, I was, I started going a different route. And then it dawned on me that it's not really an animal, that it's, it was, it's a fucking bug. (laughs) And it was, it was too, I don't know why in my head, I immediately thought of this character and then it was a couple days ago. I was just like, "No, wait, wait, wait!" You pick the blue beetle. Beetle's a bug. Beetle isn't a fucking animal. But then you guys were like, "No, it's cool, it's cool, do it. It's, it's basically an animal." And then my wife was like, "My wife, my wife was like, no, it's it's totally an animal. Beetles are animals." And I was yeah. like, "You know what? Fine, I'm gonna stand by it." I picked the blue beetle, but what I wanted to talk about mainly with the blue beetle is that I wanted to talk about Ted Cord. He is the Ooh. second blue beetle. Are you guys aware of the blue beetle? You you, you read up I on am. him at all? I yes, am I, big. Okay. Yeah. Blue and Gold is actually like one of my favorite comic book runs. I love Booster, so I, and I love Ted Cord specifically because of his relationship with Booster. So yeah, they have a nice they have a nice little fun. Uh, Oh, yeah, like you could say that, but there's a lot of sexual undertones. I knew that was coming. <laughs> and so did Ted Kord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that would be Booster who would know since he's from the future. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Fucking ruin it. Uh, so Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve Ditko who is uh, you know the co-creator of Spider-Man actually created Blue Beetle back in 1966. Uh, he premiered in Captain Adam number 83 for uh, Car- Charlton Comics uh, until the 80s when DC acquired all the rights and they started using a lot of their characters, including the Blue Beetle. So this is in the 80s, the Blue Beetle was introduced into the DC universe. Um, in Ted Cord, he wasn't even the, the first Blue Beetle. Uh, Cord was actually a student of Dan Garrett, who was the original Blue Beetle who was killed in battle. See, the difference between Ted Cord and Dan Garrett is that Dan Garrett actually had superpowers, where Ted Cord did not have any superpowers. Dan Garrett passed the torch 
to be like, yo, you're the new Blue Beetle, but then died before he was able to pass the Scarab, which was the source of the Blue Beetle's power. So Cord had to rely on zero powers and just his brain and, of course, his money. They kind of turned him into a mix of Peter Parker, uh, Tony Stark, a little bit of Bruce Wayne, but imagine like they went to community college. I don't know. I yeah, I know you're big on it. you said you're big on Ted Cord, but he was kind of a doof. Um, yeah, that's why I liked him because he was like he's like the best way to do it, and I know it's kind of ironic because of his like his suit, but he was almost like Arthur from The Tick and Batman. Like that's kind of the comparison I would make. Where he always okay. acknowledging, but he's just some dude. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's because of that. A lot of the other superheroes. I mean, I know Booster and him got along great, but a lot of the superheroes really didn't give a shit about him. That he was just kind of an, an annoyance. Um, and I know around the early two thousands, he was kind of the butt of a lot of jokes, uh, almost as much as Aquaman was. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Blue Beetle was in a lot of shit. He was in Justice League, Living Assault Weapons, Black Lantern Corps, Extreme Justice, and, of course, Super Buddies. Um, but, oh, and so the Watchmen, did you know that the uh, Night Owl is actually based on the Blue Beetle? That part? I didn't know. That's pretty cool. It was supposed to actually be Blue Beetle, uh, Ted Cord. Uh, but then DC was like, whoa, whoa, you guys are writing some pretty dark shit over here. Change all these characters. We don't want any of the DC characters involved in this. Make all original shit. So that's why they had to, like, copy a lot of characters. Um, but now what I wanted to go into was that the blue, this was the second Blue Beetle. There was also a third. So you have the first one, Dan Garrett. And the second, which is Ted Cord, and what happened was back in 2005 during Infinite, uh, what was that? It was before Infinite Crisis, uh, Countdown to Infinite Crisis, uh, number 11. I uh, see DC. They were bu- they were building up to something big. Uh, they needed something drastic to happen. Um, and what they ended up doing was they shot the Blue Beetle in the head by who? Maxwell Lord. Uh, someone who uh, was believed to be a friend of the Justice League. Uh, but, of course, you know, that wasn't the case at all. Lord, just big piece of shit. He had the whole uh, people with powers should not be in charge of people. It's people like me that should be in charge of people, not superpower people. He just wanted to get rid of superpowers. I mean, that's, that storyline's been done so many fucking times. I mean, they did it yeah. in the in, they did it in the Incredibles. Um, so, he gave uh, he gave the blue beetle the opportunity. Uh, he gave he gave you know cord the opportunity. The whole hey join me or I kill you thing. Uh, I think Ted Cord said it was uh, uh, go to hell, Max. And uh, Maxwell Lord shot him in the head. Um, but like every other character, Cord came back to life and retired as a hero but now mentors the new Blue Beetle, who is a lot cooler than Ted Cord, but they almost made him too cool, which kind of killed the character, uh, Jamie Reyes. Um, do you like the new Blue Beetle? Like, 
he Jaime feels like he feels because like Spider Man. He feels like Spider Man. That's really he kind of you know more, what I mean? Like yeah, he's more like Spider Man. He's younger. He's got yeah the suit it's and the everything. Same, but the same deal. I like the Scarab. I like the interaction and I like the lore behind the Scarab. Uh, and like that there's the black beetle and and whatnot um that stuff i think is pretty cool but i prefer ted as a character yeah like i just his character is just so much better but that whole comic book was so well written it was just he was getting under everyone's skin uh you remember this for for ted yeah he went and talked to batman batman was basically like why don't you bother someone else uh, he went and he sat with Barbara, uh, you know, at this point she's in a wheelchair and he was kind of annoying her a bit. Uh, I think he bounced around a little bit more than he just kind of fell into this whole plot that Maxwell Lord had, Lord had, and that's which led to get him killed. Yeah. Um, and I think it was right. It was as, as Maxwell Lord was monologuing, he was saying to himself, my name's Ted Cord. I'm the. I'm the second Blue Beetle. Hopefully, there'll be a third. Hopefully, he's a better hero than I ever was. Uh, which, I mean, is kind of sad, but, I mean, hey, whatever. <laughs> it's what made, like, and then Blue and Gold came out where it was, like, um, you know, like, Booster trying to save Blue Beetle and then the other, um, the Beetle from the 27th century trying to save Blue Beetle. And it made it even more, like, now everyone loved the character, so that's what brought him to the forefront. Was like that moment of him dying was like, oh, maybe we actually like Blue Beetle, and that's what made yeah. people want him, like bring him back to life. So it made it more worth it when he was alive. Now, like now, it was like, oh, we had to kill the character for him to gain fans. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, there is a really cool comic. So they did and did this last year. Um, they did Tales from the Mar- Dark Multiverse, so they went through and did like five major storylines, um, but changed things slightly. And they did one where uh, Ted actually lives and decides to make basically use Brother Eye for himself and make a police state. And it's really, it's really, really good. I actually really like it. Nice. Hmm. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Blue Beetle. Yeah, so I mean. Next- Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say. oh man uh so yeah this was a bug but i mean next week definitely gonna be an animal but from what <laughs> i'm told a beetle can be passed off as an animal so you know go fuck yourselves bugs are animals they're if it's not a human it's an animal that's what i always say <laughs> yeah listen i all right you guys seen the movie bugs life all right bugs i've been to disney's animal kingdom and there's there a is. bugs life show at animal kingdom there is Bugs are animals. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. That's my explanation. That's my professional and esteemed explanation uh, to the bug is a bug animal debate. So. I mean, like those, those bugs that were in Starship Troopers. Oh, those fucking animals. (laughs) Yeah. Those were animals. Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> I love Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's it's not bad. Um, all right, so that's Blue Beetle. Uh, I will go next. I will claim the the second spot in today's episode. So I decided to go with somebody who's a little bit more mainstream now than he probably was ten years ago, and that character's name is Rocket Raccoon. 
uh, we all know, everybody knows Rocket Raccoon from the movies. Uh, one of the most probably popular MCU characters in existence today. Um, Rocket is intriguing. I'll never forget the first time I seen him. And I was probably, I was probably a teenager when I was like, really? Uh, I was a little bit more uptight. I was actually really, really uptight. Like, just uptight about everything when I was a teenager. And that's not how it should be, but I was. Uh, I was like, really? Oh, a talking raccoon? This is this is getting a comic run? This looks this looks stupid. Um, and lo and behold, here I am, probably 10, well, yeah, 10 years later almost. And I was like, this is awesome. Uh, Rocket is, uh, yeah, I, I'm starting to, to lean more towards, well, I'm not starting. I have been for probably the last five or so years, leaning towards more things that are uh, not so conventional and a little uh, out of the box and wanky. It's Rocket is such a weird, like, enigma. And uh, just a weird concept. Like, who thinks of these kind of things? But he's done very, very well for himself. Uh, his first appearance was in Marvel Preview Number Seven back in September of 1976. And uh, he's been obviously, of course, a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been an, an Avenger and part of the Nova Corps. And in some of his little, I guess, abilities. Uh, it's really good tactician, like military kind of mind, uh, which I've always found kind of a cool thing to plug in he's, he's really he's actually genius level intellect um and really good marksman and good with human weapons but his origin story was one of the things that i've never really truly known because the guardians they mentioned it lightly in the first uh guardians movie but uh you never like in the comic books it's it's you can see where it kind of fits in but um it, it's it's very interesting so he was actually uh he acts as the guardian of the keystone quadrant that's his that was his like title and he is um he's cat he's the captain of a starship called like rack and rune and his his first mate it wasn't groot back in the day it was actually walrus he was well a talking walrus uh, but he was actually created. He was he was put together, uh, like the the movie did state. He was put together, and he was a protector and a companion for mentally ill. Um, and there's a whole bunch of animal companions just like him uh, that really were were you know made and, and put in a place. I'm sure there's 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 a ton more. So it's kind of a little it's a little bit of a humble back uh, backstory, I guess. But the thing with Rocket, like he's you hear that, and then you see how like aggressive and angry he is all the time. And I think that's one of his his best and most charming features. He's very, uh, he's uh, yeah, he's very gung ho, uh, just super super aggressive though. And he, he, you can see that that's reflected more in the comic books nowadays. Uh, I think a couple months ago, I read the uh, the uh, I read the the first time the Guardians of the Galaxy came together, and uh, I was like. It was very accurate to how the movies uh, portrayed him. But uh, I've always been a, a recently I've been a pretty big fan of Rocket. Uh, I think it's a great character. I he's one character where I don't want to see just kind of go off into the sunset when it comes to the MCU. Uh, I want to see more of him. Maybe a Disney Plus show, perhaps down the road. But uh, he's been in some pretty cool comic book angles himself. Uh, the movies have just helped his his fan base one hundred percent. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting at somebody. Uh, no, like, no, I'm, so, his, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're good. I left, I left uh, his... everyone hanging there. I mean, I mean, yeah, Matt, you fucking tell them. Rockets. 
<laughs> yeah, rocket. Uh, no, it, it's cool. Raccoon. <laughs> and it's cool too because you would think like watching like the movies that Rocket and Groot have always been this like buddy buddy type thing but uh, even when the Guardians first formed in the comic books there was uh, yeah, they weren't like tight they weren't tight like that it was a thing that just happened and uh, the movie's done just a really good job of portraying and I, I know I've already said I've loved his, his growth as a character in oh, the yeah. Marvel movies Uh it, like that's, I think that's done, done him such credit is his growth. When you first meet him, he's just, he's like this bounty hunter slash mercenary type thing with a talking tree. And then slowly and slowly he's, he's grown to become like a leader. Like he looks like a million bucks. The rocket character looked like a million bucks over infinity war and Endgame. Like, like I could, I could, I know they're not going to go that route, but I could totally see if they wanted to rocket to have his own spinoff movie series, like his own solo or rocket and Groot or whatever. I, I could totally see he stepped up as like a leader character. They portrayed him very, very well. Um, but yeah, that's that kind of like my, great, my thoughts. And that would make a great oh. uh, series. I would love that. Oh, 100%. It would be so, it'd be fun. And rockets. There's so much you can do with rocket. Uh, now, Matt, it's, Rocket is dying or he did die. Dying or uh, he was, didn't. I don't think he. There was something happened with died. like everything, everything, how he was created and everything started to really break down and he was on the verge of dying. I read something about this. Uh, I want to say late last year. Um, I read some articles on it. I saw the artwork from the comic book. Um but it's kind of slipping my memory if he actually died or if they they found a way to save Just him or not. Brought him close to it. I'm not certain. I haven't kept up with the modern run, unfortunately. Um, if that is the case, I think it's a cool storyline. Uh, you know, for for someone as beloved as Rockets to just be kind of falling apart. We like to see that with a lot of comic book characters too. Like these characters just seem to have it together all the time, uh, just kind of falling apart and and for for various reasons. And it almost makes we us appreciate those characters more. I personally think so. Um, well, it's it's kind of heartbreaking for someone like Rocket watching someone like that die. Like, could you imagine if that happened on cinema? If oh you were to God. kill that character, good lord! Oh, yeah, I, been, yeah. I just dropped a picture in the group. Look, like you can look at the art for it, and it is just—it's too real, man. It's—I'm like sad just looking at this picture. He's just all mangy and like hooked up to all these machines. It's ridiculous. He's, yeah. Okay, so uh, Greg found uh, uh, the artwork that I was talking about, and it's like Rocket is almost like Darth Vader without the suit. Yeah, really. All, all kinds uh, of fucked up. That's depressing. I, I honestly think if if they would have killed off Rocket at the end of Eric, not that it would have made any sense, but there probably would have been more tears in the crowd. Way more tears. Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> just care about animals, just, man. They do. I I care more about am, animals than most people. It's it's a fact. It's a fact. I get sad watching Pokemon now. It's. I don't know why I, I've become this big soft. I was watching, they did the 3d uh, Pokemon, the first movie, they put it on Netflix a couple, like last month or something like that. I'm like, Oh my God, the way Mewtwo is just treating these Rhyhorns is just unacceptable. I feel so bad for these Pokemon. I legit, I stand there like that. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I felt like an asshole, but I was like, at the same time, like, this is who I've become. 
This is what I can't, I can't do it no more. I just can't do it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's my little bit for Rocket, man. I think he's a great character. And I think, uh, you know, he's just, I think a lot of people just settle for his, him in the movies, you know, his, his MCU portrayal. And I think a lot of people should dive into his comic books and get a better understanding of who he is as a, uh, well, not as a person, but as a raccoon, as a, as an animal. So, uh, so yeah, but that's my bit for him. Awesome. Right. Uh, so I went a little weird and a little more unknown, but still within a mainstream universe. So I, I had a couple things I wanted to read, um, but I'm going to go with DC Comics. I'm actually going to talk about Bobo T. Chimpanzee, a.k.a. Detective Chimp. Um, <laughs> just, I just I've fallen in love with this character very recently. Um, he was created in the 1950s as a um, side character for the Adventures of Rex the Wonder Dog. And he literally is a circus chip who his like trainer was teaching him sign language and teaching him how to be a detective. And then Rex led Bobo to the Fountain of Youth where he not only gamed eternal life but the ability to speak english and any other language he can communicate with any living creature um which is so weird and he he became like a side character for a while and then he just completely disappeared um they just like kind of brought him up here and there in dc comics and the whole premise is that his um, owner died and Bobo then went off to become a detective like his owner and he is actually considered one of the greatest detectives include even in consideration with Batman there was a an injustice at one point they actually look for the greatest detective and it is Bobo instead of um, Batman which is pretty awesome <laughs> so <laughs> what he's great he's a chimp and he wears like the old school um sherlock holmes outfit like the hunter hat and like the big tweed jacket um and so he's been a, he's a fun character he uh recently got added to justice league dark uh and actually where he's kind of sat because he's a magical kind of created character through the fountain of youth he's been part of shadow yeah. pact um and justice league dark he's actually been a member of the justice league as well um but he's main focus is in these like old school or not old school, but like supernatural storylines. Um, his, the shadow pack team to give an idea is blue devil enchantress Nightmaster, Ragman, nightshade, Zerial, and then a detective chimp. Um, <laughs> and it's just a cool character. He, he is literally this foil to all these like super powered characters on justice league dark right now, which I love. Um, Cause it's like him and swamp thing and Constantine and wonder woman. And he's just over there walking around with his magnifying glass and is the brains to the group. Um, That's awesome. I just, I just really like this character. It's something very, very fifties um, and even more eighties. And I'm surprised he didn't actually take off until recently um, through these kind of storylines he has been um, the wielder and protector of the the helmet of fate so he's actually uh, he was hit in the head with dr fate's helmet and gained a lot of its powers and then decided it was too much for him and had it thrown back into space to find a new wielder um, and then recently 
there is the Oblivion Bar, which is literally a bar where these people, um, all like the DC Universe people go that are of supernatural inclination. And it is run by um, Nightmaster, who wields the Sword of Night, which literally it's just, all it does is make people speak truth, warns them of danger, and then keeps them all young, which Bobo already has that power. And Bobo now wields Nightmaster sword and is the Nightmaster. So you just have this little chimp running around in this old school outfit with a cigar and a massive broadsword. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good character. It reminds me of something kind of out of Hellboy. Um, and that's why I'm always so surprised it's a DC comic character. And he's battled with people like the Spectre. Um, I believe he battled... Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I believe he battled Trigon as well. Um, and, and he's had all sorts of different kind of like these different stories. He has no real powers though. And I, I just, it's a really cool character. I think right now, like James Tinian's most recent run of Justice League Dark is one of the, the coolest things. It's just so different and out there. Um, it's definitely worth reading. It, the first few issues introduce some like super goopy monsters i read it for our halloween um this year our halloween edition and it's really cool like magic is dying and so wonder woman brings this group of heroes together to kind of figure out why and combat the things that have brought through from all these different things that have happened recently with the source wall breaking and things like that um how magic has been affected by it. And it's, it's a really, really cool storyline. Um, but yeah, that's, I don't have too much on Bobo. He's, he's a really interesting character. They made him a huge player in, in injustice uh, in the comic books. So it, it, he's, if you haven't seen him, definitely check him out. He's, he's different. And I, I really like him as a DC character. Cause he's like nothing else they have right now. Nice. Yeah, I never even heard of him before. Like this, this is a, a, a pretty much an enlightenment. Uh, but what, what I do like, you know, you, you said it. I like how they give these animal characters and they make them like more, like like you said, bet, he's a better detective than Batman. Like, like they just give, they just make him over the top and so zany. But but it makes it fun. It makes it fun uh, because everybody and casual comic book fans will always be, say that Batman's the greatest detective. But you hear Bobo, uh, you're just like what really well but it makes you intrigued like it, it like now now i know who this character is a better detective than batman there's no way uh, yeah but now I'm, now i'm in like i'm hooked i'm intrigued oh yeah, yeah he... go ahead I, no there is a, a a very very expensive bottle of absinthe the name <laughs> of it i, I want to say is monkey bone and uh bobo kind of reminds me of the cover of it but it's the cover is uh, a monkey with a femur bone hitting a cowbell, but there's something about looking at Bobo's face and his demeanor just reminds me of the cover of the absinthe bottle. Um, <laughs> which, have you I mean, ever drank absinthe? It's not the best of choices. I mean, like, from what I know about it, reading Justice League Dark might be, you know, similar. <laughs> Okay, the team okay, is yeah. is literally Zatanna, Man Bat from Batman, Swamp Thing, yeah. Detective Chimp, and Wonder Woman. And then there's a couple others they've thrown in here and there as well, like Frankenstein and stuff, such. But 
it's ridiculous and I love it so much. And he's just such like this pic, there's a picture of all of them and he just doesn't look like he belongs and it makes me so happy. <laughs> so it's like, you're like Bobo. It's when you see pictures of groups of friends and you look at it and you're like, he doesn't fit in here. <laughs> this is great. I have it's, friends. It's awesome. He's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Too good. Yeah, you're Too adorable. Good. <laughs> oh. oh, but uh, yeah, that sounds like it wraps it up for our first episode of Animal Month. I guess we'll call this uh, Bugs Included. Bugs Included. Yeah. Next week, April. Oh. <laughs> April animal is. Yes, it's Animal April. This is the uh, <gasps> National Animal Remembrance Month. <laughs> we remember we been... all those animals that fought in the war. In the and Infinity uh, War. we will observe them in the Infinity War, and we will observe them here on the panel discussion. <laughs> I love or the it. Secret War. I don't know. It could be any wars. Uh, Civil War. Uh, oh, there's just so many we can go. But yeah, we're gonna have cover a bunch of them. Uh, of course, we still have a lot of April to go through. Uh, but uh, yeah, that does it for us, everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a safe, happy. And happy Easter. So I th- right, that's this Sunday? Yeah, that's this Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So uh, enjoy it as best you can. We'll talk to you next week right here on the panel discussion. Chris, what are you recording? I'm currently recording a Vinyl Divers podcast. Vinyl Divers? What's that? Vinyl Divers is a podcast that I do where I talk everything music related from bands that are on vinyl that I've collected, uh, old vinyl that I found and purchased, to bands that I'm currently listening to on iTunes and Spotify because guess what? I can't afford all the vinyl that I want. But it's a vinyl podcast. Yes, essentially. It's a music podcast that started off as a vinyl podcast. Is there diving involved? There is diving into podcasts and vinyls. Where can I find Vinyl Divers? Find Vinyl Divers on the network app, BICVP-radio.com. Sweet. Keep diving. <laughs>